Sports Drive and ensuring that WPFW will be here to chronicle the revolution. WPFW, revolutionary radio for revolutionary times. Good afternoon or good evening or something like that. It's just about 6 p.m. in the nation's capital. The name of the show is News Views, and my name is Garland Nixon. I'm on every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. talking about whatever. I always got something to talk about. Um, so uh, it is critical before I get, excuse me, before I get started, it's critical to remind you that we are in funded drive, that we got to pay. We got Shep over there. He's doing a fantastic job as always behind the glass, making sure that everything works just right. Doing Working with all of those uh, complicated electronics that I do not even begin to understand, but thankfully he does. So you can understand, you can hear the show. And uh, in order for to keep this show going, we need you to um, call in and to um, donate the numbers 202 Remember, one of the options that we have, uh, which I think is great, is called the um, Sustainer Program, where you can do like $10, $20 a month, $15 a month. You call in, you give them your info, and then you just do something monthly and um, doesn't really hurt you. And um, it helps us a lot. It gives us what's called RMR, recurring monthly revenue. How about that? And um, that's very critical for a station like this, that we don't get money from Lockheed Martin and, and Walmart and all that stuff, which means here's the good thing, which means I can say bad stuff about Lockheed Martin and Walmart because we ain't got to worry about cutting them off. Right. So 202 about that. We don't have to worry about them cutting us off from funds because we're not getting their funds. Only you 202-588-9739. That's the number. Call in and donate. Okay. So, you know, I was just listening to something the other day and I had somebody mention something to me and I thought, man, that's something I can riff off of. You know, it's funny. I was in a room the other uh, just before the show yapping off at the mouth to some to some to some friends. And um, when I, they said up oh, one minute to show and I ran in here with no clue, as always, no clue, nothing to talk about. But I knew something would come to me. You know, if you I study Zen. Right. So that just means that that's perfect. I come in here and and start yapping. So let me say this. So I'm listening to Cardi B the other day. I saw her on YouTube and she's basically complaining because she's in New York and she's like, man, they're giving supposedly fifty three million dollars or something. They're going to give these cards out to the undocumented immigrants that are there. And um, she was griping and heard a bunch of black folks saying, hey, fifty three million to the undocumented immigrants. Right. OK, let's go from there. So then I, I was talking to another friend of mine. And they were like, what's going on? Black people now, they're getting like the Republicans and they're anti-immigrant. And I said, wait a minute. Let me explain something to you about this. You know, a while back, Dave Chappelle did a show and he got a lot of heat. Right. And why is it? Because he basically put it down like this. It seems like in the last five or 10 years. Gay people, like anybody that says something negative about gay people, you're going to be thrown off of everything. You're going to be attacked. All these terrible things are going to happen to you. It's all about gay rights, LGBT rights, blah, 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 blah. Right. And he got attacked for that. But if you listen to what he said, there was nothing anti-gay about it. What he was really saying is, I'm a black person. We've been like 400 years trying to get anything. We're like, hey, the police are shooting black folks that are unarmed. I got a cell phone. This is a dangerous thing to have if you're a black man. Cops pull you over. What's that? A cell phone. It sure looks kind of shiny. Might be a gun. You get shot. Right. Pull out a quarter. Hey, that's kind of shiny. You're done for. Heaven forbid you look the wrong way. Whatever. You're done. Right. And black folks have been like, hey, a lot of unarmed black people are getting shot. Can you do something about it? And, uh, of course, Congress is like, yeah, no, that's not happening. Right. And I think what Dave Chappelle was saying was not gay people shouldn't have rights. It's how in the heck is it that we've been around all this long and we ask and the Democrats say vote for us and we'll set you free and we vote for them. And the most they'll do is like kneel. Remember the George Floyd thing? What did Pelosi and them do? They knelt in a kenta cloth or something, right? They knelt, they had a kenta cloth on, and they went on in Congress, and they passed nothing. They went on, what do you got to do? Uh, another $50 billion for Ukraine. 
What about the Negroes are getting shot by police? Yeah, uh, when we get finished, we'll kneel with a kenta cloth again. We will give them something symbolic, but that's all they get. And perhaps black people looked at the LGBTQ community and said, I ain't hating on them. I'm just saying, can I get a crumb over here, too? So now let me go this to the immigrant situation. When my dear beloved friend was saying to me and I told my dear beloved friend that I was going to talk about this. I said, hey, can I talk about this sometime on the air? I didn't realize it would be today, but sure, go right ahead. As we had a conversation. So. The bottom line, the discussion came down to this because I just watched this short Cardi B and she was hot. She was hot in New York. Right. And it was like, it's not anti-immigrant. It's you got 53 million for them drive through a black community. And you know what you see? You see a broken down basketball court with no strings. We can't get strings on the basketball court. Perhaps they could paint it a new rim. Nothing. How about a rec center? Ain't happening. Used to get rec centers. No rec centers for you. Anything for the black community. Nope. They're cutting it. They ain't going on more. They're cutting. Right. And it came down to no black folks ain't mad at the immigrants. Black folks ain't mad at the LGBTQ. They're mad at the system. They're mad at the man. They're mad at Congress. They're mad at a system that says I got money for everything but you and malcolm x talked about this in the 60s didn't he malcolm x talked about it in the 60s he said you he said now if you for those of you might not remember what did he say he said look he said the black people white people come together and they vote and they're just about split and the, the black folks come along to the democrats and their vote puts them over the edge and the democrats win so the Democrats win. Black people come in as a block. Democrats win. And he said, but when they get to Congress, they got money. Look, let's do it right now. They got money for Ukraine. They got money for Israel. They got money for Taiwan. They got money for everything in the world. But they ain't got $25 to put strings on the rim of the basketball court in a black community in Brooklyn. And that's what it is. You got what Malcolm X said. You put them first and then they go in Congress and they got money for everything. And if they got a crumb at the very last end of it. Now, it's going to be a couple months before the election starts because they want your vote. If they got a couple crumbs at the end, they will shake you out a couple of crumbs and you're supposed to be thankful for that. And then, you know, what's coming this year. You know what's coming. They're going to do the usual. Yes, uh, vote for us. Why? Because if we get in, we will codify Roe versus Wade. We will uh, do something for black people who feel like they're being mistreated by the police. We'll do something. The, 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 the power that they have is in promising you something every four years. And I often feel, maybe I'm wrong, I often feel like this, that in the back of their minds, they know if they actually give it to you, then they got nothing else to promise. So they're like, look, we're going to promise the Negroes, I don't know, a chicken sandwich. Should we give them a chicken sandwich? No, because if we give them a chicken sandwich, the next thing you know, they want a fish sandwich. We're not giving them anything. We're going to promise things to them. And then just before the election, we'll give them a picture of a chicken sandwich just so they can know what they would have had. And we'll say, now, if you put us in this time, we're going to give you a real one. And might I add that we're fighting and we would have gotten you one now. But the Republicans stopped this group over ah, the, uh, the the what is it? The Senate uh, parliamentarian. Somebody stepped in to stop us from giving you what we promised you. But trust me, if you just vote for us one more time, you'll get that old chicken sandwich. And I got bad news for you. And no matter how hard you vote, no matter how hard you try, ain't no chicken sandwich. It's just a heartbreaking liar's promise. Nothing. Nope. Great for the LGBTQ people. Best, the best of luck to you all. Wonderful. You got rights and, and people can't even say bad things about you online or they'll be thrown off of Twitter. Hey, it is what it is. 
No, I ain't hating on the LGBT community. Immigrants, when people say, don't be mean to the immigrants and blah, blah, blah. Well, we can have a lot of conversation about that. But I'm just saying, I'm not hating on the immigrants. Immigrants got to eat too, I guess, whatever. I'm, I guess black folks are just saying, well, uh, perhaps we've contributed a little bit to this society historically. Maybe something could come back in return. The answer is no, it can't. And I think what's happening is we're getting to a point. You can only fool the suckers but so long. See, that's why right now the Democratic Party is heading for a crash in 2024. I think they're heading for a crash. I really believe they're heading for a crash because you can only fool the suckers but so long. And now here's where they really went bad, believe it or not. They might could get away with it. But now they're treating white people the same way they've been treating black people for 400 years. Now the white people get it. Now the white people are getting screwed. Now the white people are saying the same thing that we've been saying. We've been saying, how is it you got money for everything and our community is impoverished? Our schools are falling apart. You can't do anything to help our community, but you got money for everybody else. And guess what the white people are saying now? Gee, uh, Another $100 billion for Ukraine? Hey, I, I, there's crime everywhere. Uh, the, our schools are falling. You can't fix the roads. Uh, no unemployment insurance. What's I don't have health care insurance. I can't afford to pay. White people are now saying the same thing that black folks have been saying. So the politicians are in deep trouble because there's nobody left to hoodwink. You hoodwink the black folks and the Latinos, they're starting to wise up. Now that the white folks are getting pounded over the head by the same lies, the same mistreatment, the same abuse. Look, today, today, I saw Joe Biden on the air. God knows, I hope you didn't see that, but it didn't look real good. He did the usual where he stuttered and stumbled and went blank for a while. Of course, we understand what's going on there. But when... He was asked about this Russian guy named Navalny died, right? So they asked him, hey, uh, you know, what do you think about that? Uh, and, and, and basically what he was saying is, well, I hope it gets the $100 billion through so we can get $60 billion to Ukraine. Let me ask you this. Did you hear him say, yeah, we got to get $10 billion to help the homeless? Yep. Hey, I, you know, the black community is struggling. Crime, poverty, education, maybe some free co a college, things like that. You know, we really, whatever happens there, we got to do something to help the poverty and the struggling black community. Nope. How about even white folks? Hey, you know, Appalachia's looking kind of bad right now. They're living in a bunch of trailers and they don't have health care. Let's help the white people in Appalachia. Let's help the white people here. Let's help people who are struggling at a time when the cost of everything is going up and they're not making no more money than they made before. Did Joe Biden say, nope, we got to get more money for Ukraine, Israel. They're doing a genocide. Got to help kill people. Nothing. Zero. You what what people are coming to America is coming to the understanding of what black folks have been experienced. Yet white people, congratulations, you're now black. And that is that you have a government that doesn't represent you, number one. Ain't got no you can you can you can pay your taxes, they'll put you in jail if you do that, but there's nothing's coming back to you. They don't have anything to say about you. They're not interested in you. And actually, sad as it may seem, you are nothing but an inconvenience to them. You're nothing but a problem to you, them. They don't really like you. You see, what Joe Biden's trying to do right now is Ukraine. Did you know this? You know where the Ukraine money's going? It ain't going to know Ukraine. They know that's over. They know Ukraine has no chance of winning. The truth is they know what I know. That They had to put it on the paper every five days. Ukraine's going to beat Russia. Ukraine will win. And all the time, Garland's like... Ukraine has no chance of winning and they never had a chance. Oh, yes, they will. But they had to convince you that Ukraine had a chance of winning or you wouldn't have accepted $100 billion going right down the toilet. They had to convince you that even though Russia is 26 times larger than Ukraine, six to eight times the population, that somehow Ukraine was going to defeat the country that defeated Hitler's army. 
six divisions, the United States and and France and uh, 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 UK and all went against six divisions of the of the of the of the German army. The Russians faced 20 divisions and defeated them and drove all the way to Berlin. Napoleon's army marched across Europe, wiped out everything in its path till it got to Russia. Russia defeated them. And they somehow wanted to convince you that little old Ukraine was going to defeat the army that wiped out uh, uh, both Hitler and Napoleon's army. That was never going to happen. If you listen to my show, I told you it was never going to happen. And I don't care if somebody calls right now and says it's going to happen. It ain't never going to happen. They're going they're in the process of collapsing right now. Ukraine, all of that money will be thrown down the toilet. And in the same exact way that for 20 years. Long years. They said to us, we can't possibly leave Afghanistan. Well, why can't we leave Afghanistan? Because if we leave Afghanistan, it will become a hotbed of terror, an incubator of terror. And the Taliban and all these terrorist groups will um, come together and they'll create all this terrorism stuff. And then they'll come over here and get us. So we can't leave Afghanistan. Two and a half trillion dollars later in 20 years, two and Two and a half trillion dollars. Two and a half trillion dollars. On a given Friday in August, they woke up one day and said, hey, I guess we're leaving Afghanistan. And they left. And they left like billions and billions of dollars worth of weapons right there. Just left them. Literally. Literally. Millions of rounds. They left computers. They left helicopters. They left planes. They left uh, tanks. They left armored person. They just left it all there. Why do they care? You pay them for it. You pay for what do they care? They left it all there. And and we're sitting here like, but I, I, I thought you told us that we couldn't leave Afghanistan because if we left, it was become a incubator of terror. And and it, if we left everything, we, we couldn't possibly leave. And then they said, and we can't leave because they'll treat the women bad and all those all the stuff they said. And they woke up on a Friday in August two years ago and said, yeah, forget all that. We're coming home now. Two and a half trillion. See, that's what the game was. It was two and a half trillion dollars. Two and a half trillion. Wasn't for us. It went to Lockheed Martin. It went to Raytheon. It went to General Dynamics. Now, now, suckers, that's who we are. We're the suckers. Now, they will, they spent two years convincing us that, oh, yes, Ukraine will, if we just give them another $20 billion, they'll surely win. They never had a chance of winning. They never will have a chance of winning. I don't care if you believe me. You're going to find this out. You're going to find this out. In the same way Napoleon found it out, in the same way Hitler found it out, you're going to find this out. You ain't going to go to the Russian border and win that one. It just ain't happening. And right now, Ukraine's kind of in collapse. It's just a matter of time. But. If they didn't convince you that Ukraine had a chance of winning every three or four months when another 20 billion, 30 billion, 40 billion, 50 billion. Now they're trying to do 100 billion was going to Ukraine. You would say what anybody with a brain would say. Well, wait a minute. Number one, what the heck are we doing over there? But number two, why would you give hundreds of billions of dollars to somebody in a war who has no chance of winning and never had a chance of winning. Why? Because right now, Joe Biden's trying to get tens of billions of dollars through. Now, there's a lot of countries like companies like Lockheed Martin, some of these other countries who are saying, well, we don't have the stuff right now that you want to buy. Go ahead and give us the five billion dollar contract. Give us the five billion. We'll get it going. And when it comes off the, the assembly line, Two, three years from now, we'll send it to Ukraine. There ain't going to be no Ukraine two, three years from now. It will be gone away. Gone away, ladies and gentlemen. Gone away. So you wouldn't buy into we got to give them another 20 billion, 30 billion, 40 billion. If, in fact, they couldn't convince you absurdly that Ukraine was going to defeat a country 26 times its size. I know better. I'm sure there are people that would call Garland. You're wrong. Ukraine's got a chance. They'll surely plucky little. Now, they may not have an air force and Russia may have the second largest air force on Earth, but I'm sure they're going to win. There are those that may. And I'll say you'll find out now, won't you? And guess what? Let me explain something to you in case you haven't figured out how the game works. I don't know how many times they got to do it for you to figure it out. But the time is going to come when. Just like Afghanistan, after all the we can't leave Ukraines, we got to stop Putin, blah, 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 blah. When they're going to say, 
Yeah, I guess that's it for Ukraine, huh? Ooh, okay. Uh, hey, look, Taiwan. You know, we've got to protect Taiwan because China's going to take Taiwan. we got to stop Taiwan. What about Ukraine? Where? Who? What? I don't recall. Doesn't ring a bell anymore. I don't know. Ah, who knows? Putin never heard of the guy. They're going to take as much money out of the ATM as they can. And when they are done taking money out of the ATM of Ukraine, they will now Taiwan, wherever the heck, there'll be a new ATM. That's the game. And why are, was Cardi B angry over the $53 million for immigrants? It wasn't about that she's anti-immigrant. It's that maybe perhaps she's figured out the game. And what she was really saying is you got $53 million for whoever the heck. And you know what? I don't know how well y'all know the game. Do you really think that $53 million is going to immigrants? Do, does any, do you really believe that they're going to say, yes, uh, we've got a bunch of immigrants and uh, $53 million will spread it out to them evenly? Here, you, like Oprah, right? They'll put them, bring them in the studio, under your chair, look, you get a million, you get a million, everybody gets a million. Do you really believe they're going to do that? No, no. You know what they'll do? They'll bring in one of their buddies that owns a corporation. Hey, Bill, yes, uh, you got that corporation? Yes, in fact, I do. Here's what we want to do. We're going to hire you to spread the $53 million out. Great. Uh, and uh, if you could give me a little something back, you know, hit me off, it'd be all right. Okay, yeah, sure, I'll give you some kickback. Of course, that's the way we do things in D.C. And then you say, okay, in order to give that $53 million to the immigrants, Bill, how much are you going to charge? Ah, I should be able to do it for $52 million. You got the job. You got the job. That's the game. They ain't getting $53 million. They're going to bring in one of their buddies or some of their buddies. They're going to set it up. They're going to... The administrative fees will be 90% of... Look, 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 look. You, anybody recall the earthquake in Haiti? Anybody recall them going in raising a billion dollars for the Haitians? They built six houses and one luxury hotel. And, and if I'm not mistaken, the Clintons got like a billion dollars. That disappeared. And uh, what was it? Uh, the Red Cross, one of them, I forgot which one, got like 550 some. One of them, I don't want to say which one, I remember, got like 500 some. And basically, they had like out of their money, 255 million was uh, administrative fees. Administrative fees. You know what that means? That's the game, buddies. That's the game. The money was all raised in Haiti. Oh, we've got to help that. And people generally believed it. And they remember Jay Z was singing. Rihanna, she was looking good. She was singing. I mean, come on. You see Rihanna in some tight outfit, you're going to send some money. Hey, I don't know about the Haitians, but I'm sending a 20, right? Okay, great. Haitians ain't getting none of it. Haitians got Nathan. Haitians was still poor afterwards. And you know what? It's the same for us. It's all a scam, ladies and gentlemen. It's a scam. And why are black folks mad? Because they figured out the scam. And now white folks are mad. Because we got it first, and Latinos got it first, and now it's white, for, white folks is in the barrel. Now white people are like, you know, I think I'm being had. And black folks are like, yeah, we welcome to the party, bro. Welcome to the party. Here, light one up, man. Let's talk about our troubles. Welcome to the party. The number, if you want to call in, is 202 588 0893. The number is 202 588 Feel free to call in. Um, whatever you want to talk about is good. Now, let me say this. So I wake up this morning and they're like, oh, we got a caller? Okay, well, let's go. Now, uh, a little bit of housekeeping for my callers. Number one, make sure you keep the phone to your ear because if you set the phone down and wait like to hear me call for you on the phone or the computer, we have a 10 second delay. And when I say caller, where are you? You won't hear it for 10 seconds unless you have the phone to your ear. Keep the phone to your ear. Number one. Number two, do not use a speakerphone. Speakerphones are terrible for radio. Make sure you use a regular phone and your mouth very, very close to the receiver. Man, am I old? I'm still saying receiver. 202-588-0893. Next. First call, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Yes, you are on the air. Oh, hi, Brother Garland. It's Leo calling from Lisbon. That's oh, man. Late. My man in Portugal. Talk to me. Talk to me. What you thinking today, Leo? It, well, it's mind-blowing, actually. You mentioned a lot. Um, for instance, you mentioned about uh, Haiti and 
actually, I, uh, incidentally, I happened to write a paper on uh, a college essay on this for my uh, during my first semester. And yes, uh, to clarify that, yes, um, Haiti was uh, in Haiti. Yes, following the earthquake, there were only six houses built, and it was. I think uh, you were you meant to say the Red Cross benefited more. So I think that was the the organization that you were. I wasn't. That's why I stopped because I wasn't sure. So I don't want to besmirch any organization if I'm not 100 percent sure. But you (laughs) you wrote a paper on it. Tell me about it. I got your back. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. I did write a paper about it. Uh, So it was for my NGO, for my international organization, NGO and social movement class. And I was uh, talking about NGOs and the roles they played and. so I had like different subtopics. So one of them was NGO domination over nation states. So I did. I focused on uh, how NGOs have been dominating Haiti. So according to my paper, I talked about how uh, you know following the earthquake, uh, like international aid organizations uh, intervened, and one of them was the Red Cross, uh, the American Red Cross, that is. And it failed uh, the Haitian people. It failed to, you know, to failed in its commitment. And let me and let me say this: it didn't just uh, fail in its commitment to build homes for the um, for for the victims, it, but it also uh, had this status quo. It had this uh, structure of discrimination, of basically. Uh, it's unwill- unwillingness to rely on local aid workers uh, who, you know, spoke the, the, the languages of the affected of the impacted country, which is Haiti. Mm-hmm. And so basically, um, ba- basically, it said it relied heavily relied on foreign workers who didn't speak any uh, any of the two languages, neither French nor Haitian Creole. So that caused a lot of uh, that also, you know basically took it uh led to the red cross taking advantage exploiting uh the you know taking the advantage of the situation and further exploiting and i think uh and it's all and i think this is also like modern day you know slaveries in in my opinion so yeah, well, and you know what it is. Uh, that, again, it was the game. It was people able to see the game, you know, kind of like when the U.S. overthrew the government of Ukraine and Hunter Biden goes in and gets a job on a board of directors for a company. And a guy named Amos Hochstein, he works for the Obama State Department. He quits his job for the Obama State Department and he goes to Ukraine and he gets a job on a board of directors on Naftagaz, which is the national gas company of Ukraine. Basically, the United States overthrows governments. And a bunch of people in in the United States government goes to that country and then steals everything it ain't nailed down. Right. And that's the same thing they did in Haiti. Basically, they've been doing that for a long time in Haiti. They go to Haiti and they steal everything that ain't nailed down. And when they saw a great opportunity, hey, man, the Haitians had an earthquake. Everybody's going to feel sorry for the Haitians. We'll get money by the bucket loads. They went there, they got money by the bucket loads, and they stuck it in their filthy, stinking pockets and left with that money by the bucket loads. Right. Uh, but I've, I also, you know, uh, moving on, I also uh, meant, I also uh, think it's worth mentioning about the uh, uh, ongoing Israel-Palestine conflict because uh, ever since South Africa had, you know, uh, accused Israel of genocide and ultimately uh press charges you know let you know uh opened a case uh against uh, Israel for its you know genocidal acts for its atrocities the US actually uh threatened to impose sanctions on South Africa sure. so this basically in my opinion I feel like the US uh is still basically still has its racist ideology it's uh basically whoever is not like pale white and whatnot just doesn't matter and i do and i also feel like as you really mentioned all that investment trillions of dollars i feel like did that could have benefited the people can you imagine uh, that man at can, home can you imagine that i could two have and a half trillions in the of, u.s too that two and a half trillion dollars that they spent in afghanistan 
Can you imagine what this country would look like if it was spent here? That $150 billion that the U.S. has blown, thrown away in Ukraine, thrown to the trash in Ukraine. Can you imagine what that would look like? I mean, we could go on and on and on what this money would look like. If they, what this country would look like if they'd spent it here, but they don't, they ain't spending it here because we, the, our job is to work and pay taxes. Their job is to steal that money we paid in taxes from us or to go print some with the Federal Reserve. At any rate, I'm getting ready to go, get ready to jump. 202-588-0893. Thanks a lot. Certainly appreciate it. We got any more callers? That's it. Oh, well, great. We got open lines. We got lots of open lines. So let me say this while waiting for the next call. Oh, looks like we got another caller. Oh, I see it. All right. Next caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Where you call? And we got open lines, 202-588-0893. So feel free to call in. All right. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, this is Reggie. Hey, hey what's happening? Hey, nothing much. Yeah, I just want to piggyback off my man with, with the, pal- with the uh, Palestinian thing. Uh, I mean, so, so you know, it, it boils down. Really, and it's quite, 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 quite simple. They don't look at the Palestinians as being people. Right. They've never looked at the Palestinians as being a people. And the West don't look at the Palestinians as people because they haven't. And this is back to the white papers and, you know, back in the mandate area where they designated those people saying that they, you know, they, they can't be have self-determination because they've not, you know, they've not uh, engendered themselves to the cultural. So they haven't done the cultural things at the Italy and Greece and Rome. They haven't done all of that. So, so that's to say that because they have that mindset or they have, because they, you know, they, they, they've had this, this lifestyle that their lifestyle is not worth them being in that area. And that's going all the way back to the mandate. Mm-hmm. Let me so, ask you this, though. you got to understand a couple mm-hmm. of things. Number one, did you know that Gaza is sitting on a bunch of gas fields? And what I was going to say, see, so, see, so, here, so here's the catch, though, Garland. Back in, 19, in, the, in the early 1920s, I think when they first built the first railway between Iraq and Palestine, the British had their eyes on that oil. Because the Ottoman Empire didn't act when it was under the Ottoman Empire before the you know before the Great War, the First War, uh, the Ottoman Empire didn't see Palestine didn't see any real distinct value in Palestine or the people there because they didn't want to deal with the nomads and people were living in the hills and they wasn't really you know they, they they didn't get a lot of tax revenue from those folks, but when they started when they built when they when they when they started building that railroad. And tying the railroad into Palestine, that's when the real Zionist movement, and it was a, it was a you know it was it, it was it was it was followed by the British and uh, the French, you know, to make that area because they knew the oil was there. Well, let me let me read something to you right now. This is from the Jerusalem Post. Gaza's gas background. Gaza Marine is a natural gas field off the coast of the Gaza Strip. The Gaza Marine field is located about 36 kilometers offshore at a depth of 610 meters. The field was discovered by BG, British Gas Group, and it is estimated to contain more than one trillion cubic feet of natural gas. How about that? It's always about the money. And you know, if the Gazans were all dead, there'd be nobody to claim that gas, would there? How about that? Isn't that convenient? So there's all that gas. And you know, the Israelis got to protect themselves. They got to stop the evil, blah, blah, blah. And conveniently... There just happens to be a trillion cubic feet of gas <laughs> under those that? people that they are genocizing. That? You know, I that? wonder what's going to happen to that gas once they finish genociding the people of Gaza. How about that? So, so you take that back. You take that again. Back, back in the back in, you know, right after the, you know, the Great War when they were parsing out that land, Syria, Lebanon. Jordan, how they put inside of the mandate that everybody 
you know, and 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 and, and I'm and now to be fair, you know, uh, some of the Arab leaders were a party to this, you know, uh, where they distinguish that everybody in that area might have a chance for self-determination except for the Palestinian area. And they wanted Palestine to be part of the Transjordan area. So, so this has been something that's been in the books and in the cooking and in the pot for, for years. And it's not going to stop. You know, hey, but you know what? You know what? I, you know what I want to say. You know what I want to say. I want to, and I'm, I want to just misdirect you for one second, Erwin, because you know they talk about the terrorists now. Now, get, don't get me wrong. What Hamas did was was horrendous. I, I don't believe in in taking innocent lives for, for for anything. But if you look at the totality of 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 terrorist organizations. There are terrorist Israeli organizations that exist and have existed. But, but and, and 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 I got to ask you this: mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the? I've talked about it on this show. Are you familiar with the Nat Turner Rebellion, slave rebellion? Yeah, yes, I and a little bit. it was terrible. Nat Turner and a bunch of slaves they went down this road down in Virginia, and they um, killed. You know, they went to the families of the slave owners, and everybody got it. Men. Women, children, everybody that they could get their hands on, they cut their heads off with axes, they stabbed them, they shot them. Men, women, children, anybody they could was dead. They were killing anybody that had to do with slavery. They were going to kill them. Now, is that a crime against humanity? Yes, it is. But can you discuss what um, the Nat Turner Rebellion, the horrible, terrible things they do. Can you possibly discuss that without talking about the hundreds of years of slavery before That's then? That's what I'm talking about. So, then the about. same token, you can, whatever you say about October 7th, you can't discuss that without understanding that those people lived in a concentration camp where they were bombed and starved and brutally, inhumanely genocided and mistreated. That's not to say that it's good for Nat Turner to go kill a bunch of people, but they were slaves. And what would you do? How Being a slave will drive you insane. It will drive you to turn you into a mad killer. And I can imagine if you lived in Gaza, where every year or two they bombed you, where you had no hope of a job. You're a young man, no hope of a job, no hope of a marriage and wife and kids because you can't have a job. You can't support anybody. No future, no present, no past. You are condemned to live and die in hell. It's something to swing at my enemy. I ain't saying I'm improve, approve of it. I'm simply saying I, I, I got if you push a spring down sooner you. or later, it's going to spring back up. I got, Go I, I got you. And it, and it has, and it, and it's been going on for years. It's been going for, on, on both sides. Yep. You know, you can look at, you can look at the one through the, what, what, what was it? How many intifadas was it? Five. Look, how about this? It's women who's, Husband beat them up, slapped them around, beat them black in their eyes for years. And one of these days, the woman couldn't take it anymore. She took a gun and plugged them. Let them have it. And you look at it. If I'm sitting on the jury, I'm like, well, you know, I guess you shouldn't shoot people. But uh, I guess it's going to be a hung jury. He, that man beat that woman for 25 years and she probably finally let him have it. I can't see myself finding a guilty plea out of that. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying if I'm no, sitting on a jury, no, I, I, that's probably the I direction I'm going, okay? I see. I see. And, that, I see. and, and apply and that right. to Nat Turner and apply that to October 7th. That's all I'm yeah, trying to say. Read between the lines. Right. You're right. I, I, can't, I can't disagree with you, so. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? All right. Well, thanks right a lot, man. Point. I appreciate the call. We got another call? All right, next caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Where you're calling from? Yeah, Mike from the district. Talk man. to me, Mike. You know, now I, I'm hearing y'all talking about the Palestinians and the genocide that's going on over there. Well, black people have been having the same problems over here. We're still getting genocide. You know, we still get, I mean, especially getting gunned down by these racist police officers. So, you know, being treated less than human, we still having that problem in this country. You sound like that me. Black people is still being treated like less than human. And then when some white guy get pissed off and black people start 
complaining about, oh, you sound like Republicans. <laughs> so, you know, he's just well, but, but now, I'm going to let you talk, but I just got to make one quick statement. And, and what I come on every week and say is these things are connected. What I say is this, the difference between U.S. foreign policy and U.S. domestic policy is grammatical. <laughs> we use different words. That's the only difference. It's grammatical. It's, it's not an accident that the United States genocided the Native Americans, genocided the black folks. And they're genociding the Palestinians. They had the the U.S. Uh, ruling elite have a history of genocide, and that's what the ruling elite does. And they're going to do it, you know, wherever they got somebody to genocide. If they go to the moon and find people on the moon, they're going to genocide the people on the moon so they can take their moon rocks or whatever they want. Go ahead. Well, I know one thing though. It seems like black people still haven't been free yet, especially with this mental slavery that I see going on around here. But I just want to say happy Black History Month, and I want to. I want to get. Yeah, Why well, we get the short out. month? You notice that Black History yeah. Month, the shortest month in the. That's what we get. We always get the short, the short end of the stick. Yeah, but I was. <laughs> I want to give a public shout out to the ladies that did the history of Berry Farms. Now, there was things about that I never knew about, and I never knew about when the Civil War was over with that uh, Black people when they was leaving the South because they didn't want to get killed and, and still get hanged. They came to uh, to the North. And then um, they came to the District of Columbia, but the good old whites did not want blacks living around them. But this is but they, you know, hey, we love black people as long as you don't live around us. So they bought our property from over in Berry Farms. And, and the guy named, I didn't even know it was the guy actually named Berry Farms. It was a white guy that owned all that land over there. And they was uh, buying the land from the property of the slaves that came over here. And then, um, to try to uh, to improve their life, and then you know they've been when black people was uh, living in Berry Farm for years, and then when it finally started um, having this downfall because you know uh, the people in the DC you know that did not want to keep Berry Farms up, you know they they let it go down. And when I look at these you know black elitist hypocrites in the District of Columbia that was so afraid to invest money out in east of the river because they want to keep everything over in the white neighborhoods. And I blame the black leadership more than I do with white people for that because they were so afraid to stand up for the, for blacks. And then now when they see all these kids out here going around that they can't control, when you grow up and you let you grow up in a war zone like condition, you want to have a war zone mentality. And yeah. I had that mentality growing up, but I used to get frustrated. Well, why is it that these white people keep talking about their force, but yet they try to keep all the resources? out of the black neighborhoods, but, you know, keep it in the white neighborhood. Yeah, except well, for and I hate, to cut you, I hate to cut you off, but we got a bunch of more callers. So I'm going to have to, but I certainly appreciate the call. Okay. All right. Now, let me, before I go to my next caller, I just, we, you know, we had mentioned that um, there happens to be a bunch of gas under Gaza, right? And that, you know, perhaps that's a motivation for theft. Let me show you something that you, let me connect the dots. Paul Robeson Jr. used to always about connecting the dots. Before I go to the next call, let me connect the dot for you. The word, the name, the person is Amos Hochstein. And I'm going to do something for you. So October 14th, right? Under Obama, October, I mean, excuse me, December 3rd, 2014, Reuters. The U.S. State Department on Wednesday appointed Amos Hochstein as the top diplomat for energy affairs as the Obama administration tests the using the power of domestic energy. OK, so Obama says we're going to bring in Amos Hochstein. He's the special envoy for international energy at the State Department. Remember that name, Amos Hochstein. The Obama energy bring, it brings in old Amos Hochstein. He's going to be the assistant secretary of energy affairs. Right. OK. And, and this ain't me. I'm going to give you data. Right. Here's another thing. So what is what does uh, Amos Hochstein do? Obama brings him in and he's working for Obama. Right. A year later, the United States overthrows the government of Ukraine. You can argue all you want to whether they did or not, but it happened. But here's the bottom line. So what does old crooked Amos Hochstein do? He's working for the U.S. State Department as the energy guy, right? He quits his job. He moves to Ukraine. He did the exact same thing that Hunter Biden did. He got a job on the board of directors for NAFTA gas. What is that? That is the Ukrainian company in charge of gas. So Amos Hochstein is on Obama's State Department. 
He then goes to Ukraine at the same time that old Hunter Biden goes to Ukraine and gets a high paying job on a Ukrainian NAFTA gas board, their biggest corporation. Here's an article from 2020. A former U.S. State Department official said he is stepping down from the supervisory board of Ukraine's state-owned gas company. Amos Hochstein, who served as the U.S. Special Envoy for International Energy Affairs during President Obama's administration, made the announcement. So, Obama hires him. He works for the State Department for one year. One year! He then goes to Ukraine and gets on the board of directors for the biggest gas company in Ukraine. Well, that was that the end of uh, Amos Hochstein? He then walks away, a couple years of filling his crooked, filthy, stinking pockets. Where does he show up again? Look at this. Politico. Biden looks to appoint special envoy to kill Russian energy pipeline. Foreign policy. Politico. The administration is vetting Amos Hochstein to negotiate the thorny geopolitics, geopolitics surrounding Nord Stream 2. So... Joe Biden says, Amos Hochstein, come in here, man. The Germans got this pipeline, Nord Stream 2, and uh, we need you to get rid of it. Let me ask you this. Do you know what happened to the Nord Stream 2 pipeline? Somebody, I'm not going to say their name, but their initials are Joe Biden, blew the damn thing up. So they bring in Amos Hochstein, old crooked Amos, goes to work for Obama, quits Goes to Ukraine, him and old Hunter Biden gets on the board of directors for Ukraine's biggest gas company, fills his filthy pockets for three years, comes back. Joe Biden then says, hey, man, I need you to deal with Nord Stream. Amos Hochstein now works for the Biden administration. Nord Stream gets blown up. He goes on about his business. Well, I wonder if Amos Hochstein was finished. I wonder if maybe perhaps. Oh, wait a minute. What do we got here? Let me find it. Oop. I'll, hold on. Give me one second and I will give you the last thing. The last thing he's doing. So remember, so Amos Hochstein is a gas crook. That's what he does. That's how he makes his crooked money. He goes to work for the government. He goes to work for gas companies. He blows up gas. He's going around the world filling his rotten, stinking, filthy criminal pockets with gas money. But what is Amos doing right now? I wonder. Hmm, let me scratch my head. Oh, wait a minute. Amos Hochstein, the U.S. diplomat mediating talks between Lebanon and Israel over their shared uh, maritime border will be in Beirut at the end of the week. Amos Hochstein is the U.S. mediator in Israel right now. Right now. Right now. The man who worked for Obama, who quit his job and went to Ukraine, just like Hunter Biden, got on the board of directors of their biggest company for three stinking years, filled his filthy, crooked, criminal pockets, came back. Joe Biden hired him and somebody blew up the Nord Stream. He was specifically hired. The article says. U.S. Oh, where is it? Oh, I got rid of that article, but it says they hired him to kill Nord Stream. And now he's in Israel as a mediator. Let me ask you something. He's mediating peace in Israel. How good a job is he doing? They're committing a genocide. Amos Hochstein is the guy they sent over there as the mediator. I don't know how to judge whether a mediator's doing a good job. I don't know what standards you use to say this guy's doing a good job or a bad job, but here's what I'm going to throw out to you. If they're committing a genocide, the mediator ain't doing his job. But perhaps he is. Because what's Amos Hochstein's history? Gas, thievery. And what did I read earlier? There's a trillion dollars worth of gas under Gaza. Why you think Joe Biden sent Hochstein there? Do you think he sent him there to mediate peace? No, he didn't. He sent him to mediate the gas right out from under the people in Gaza that used to be there because ain't nobody going to be left. Hey, Miss Hochstein, there's gas under Gaza. And unfortunately, there's living Palestinians over top of that gas. But don't worry, we can handle that part. Get over there and get us that gas. I'm going to tell you, you watch what happens. Mark my word, the big issue 
It's not going to be rebuilding God's uh, 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 justice. For it's going to be, well, you know, now that <clears throat> we're there, we happen to notice that there was a, a gigantic gas field under Gaza. Now that the people are all dead, can't bring them back. Perhaps we need to figure out what we'll do with the get. Uh, next caller. Let's go to the next caller. I'm just throwing that out there. Some things are kind of obvious. Next caller, you're on the air. All right, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Louise Baltimore. Talk Hi. to me, Louise. Um, so out of all this unjust enrichment, trillions and trillions of dollars, the United States is focusing on poor little Fannie Willis and uh, her, her the measly thousands of dollars of unjust enrichment supposedly there. Um, and what I wanted to say really was that uh, – Biden started all of this, but let me let me just say what I want to say really first, and that is that Hamas and the Palestinians had every right to do what they did. Under international law, they had the right to defend themselves by any means. That's in international law. And so that that takes care of that. They had the right to do what they did. But Biden, for them, was the last straw. He started everything. He started everything over in Ukraine. He started everything over in Palestine by giving uh, Israel their waiver. And um, help me out here. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, help me out here. Um, the um, the head of the Senate. What is his name? Um, Mitch McConnell? I mean, yeah, uh, McConnell. Uh, uh, no, no, no. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. 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 Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer? No, no, no. Mitch McConnell. I'm talking about the Republican. Uh-huh. Yeah, Mitch McConnell. Now, didn't his wife, now all of them are ancestral up there. Their wives and their husbands and their wives. All of them. They get all these jobs. Yep. And they get, you know, paid. His wife worked for the Trump administration. She was getting paid. And, you know, how hypocritical is all of this? They, the they, you know, they, it's all ancestral up there as far as, you know, as, as, as far as who was getting paid what, and it, all of them are getting money. And, and, but and, that, that's to let little, little old us, one of us do it. And somehow it's, you know, oh, even though it's, jail. even though it's a lie. Yeah. You, even you though steal it's a, a lie, candy bar from Seven Eleven, you're going yeah. to jail. And you yeah. know what? And, and let me add this, you know, you turn on the TV and they see a bunch of young people looting a store. They're running in Nordstrom and they're running out with, you know, whatever Louis Vuitton and people, oh, look at that crime. They're looting. And I'm like, no, that ain't looting. Looting is on Wall Street. They're looting a hundred billion dollars at a time. <laughs> Them kids are getting some, a, a, a Louis Vuitton purse worth five hundred dollars. But meanwhile, the people on on Wall Street loot a hundred billion, two hundred billion, three hundred billion. And you know what happens to them? The government buys it out. They go to the government and say, you know, I lost three hundred billion dollars on a bad gamble. The government pays, gives them them. Oh, well, three hundred billion here. No problem. Here's your money back. If you're Citibank, if you're Goldman Sachs, you can loot hundreds of billions of dollars. That's looting. Them kids that are taking something out of a store, those are crimes of desperation. They shouldn't do it. It's wrong. I'm not saying I'm in favor of it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The real well, looters are on Capitol Hill. How's Nancy Pelosi worth $100 million when she's making 200000 a year? Explain mm-hmm. that to me. How's Mitch McConnell worth $20 million off of $200,000 a year? Explain that to me. That's the looting. The kids that are stealing a loot, they shouldn't do it. I ain't saying it's right. But that's not looting in this country. That's stealing a candy bar beside these fools. That's um, and, and shame on the world court for not... Um, uh, calling for a ceasefire shame on the world court for doing that and you know so the, like connecting the dots on the foot and piggybacking off of what the man said we all are the same boat that's our our causes yeah. are together yep and that's the point thank you very much appreciate the call well i'm just about going to get out of here and i got me some uh synthetic vibes you know i love my house music synthetic vibes with liquid liquid deep i picked that out that's an awesome song so that that's got to play i, I love, i'm a house man i am a house music fella that's me man that's just house music's in my blood house music lives right bottom line if you want to get in touch with me i i do have my show on youtube so follow me on youtube and i have a show on rumble most of my stuff's on youtube right now but follow me on rumble in case they throw me off of youtube feel free follow me on facebook Facebook, follow me on Telegram. But most importantly, you can email me. Uh, this is my 
true email address. It's Garland N, my first name, G-A-R-L-A-N-D. Then the first letter of my last name, which is N for Nixon, right? Garland N at gmail.com. Feel free to email me. Thanks a lot for my main man, Shep. And you know, as I said, I love my house music. Pick this one out just for you. Peace. I'm out. (laughs) 